coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Atfield. Gabe, it is, is good to be back. I'm uh, fighting a little bit of a cold, but you know, it's it's taco night in the Hatfield household, so that's always good. And then the, <laughs> the, the, the trailer for the new Top Gun looks absolutely amazing, but so no. those two things are good. The Cats trailer was bad, but the yes. Top Gun trailer was flames. <laughs> uh, not it was weird to have it. Didn't they come out like... The well, same. I, I, Okay, they did come out the same day. Yeah, like within hours of each other. And everyone was, you had like two hours of everyone being like, oh, wow, this Top Gun trailer. It actually looks good. I was really worried Top Gun 2 was going to be terrible. And then the catch trailer dropped and Twitter just ran rampant. They were just, yeah. <laughs> they were on the move with it. <laughs> I've been on kind of like a self-induced Twitter hiatus until like vacation's over after next week, just because I wanted the little break. So like, I yeah. I, my, my first experience of getting the, the top golf news today was <laughs> on the TV and hearing, you know, Doug Prophet introduce the five o'clock news and say something along the line of their back or they're not done or something like that and i i just cackled i i can't understand that these people can possibly think that they they are going to be successful in anything that they did that's it's, my whole thing about it. we don't have to have like a big discussion but i'm curious like generally what, what they think is going to happen i don't know i i i don't know what they think is going to happen because it seemed like the the legal people we are not lawyers we're not giving out legal advice but my legal contacts made it seem like the the ruling was so you know succinct wait that there's just no way to appeal so I, we'll see it sounds like it's going to be quick and my understanding is sort of the way that porter responded was like uh oh, we know it's just a matter of time but we're just like giving this another go so yeah, he's getting that bag, man. That lawyer's getting that bag. He's getting that sure. bag. Shout out to the There's people, no doubt about it. <laughs> people of Hurstborn. Uh but Chris, we wanted to start things off. You were, you know, you, you said you've been off Twitter, but we had a little moment on Twitter this morning and I think it reached you. Uh the <laughs> olds are back, Chris. The olds are back. They're here to talk about phones. Uh talk to me about Pat Fitzgerald. The Northwestern so, noted football the, guy. <laughs> the college, uh, the college sports attendance, I guess, has became the evergreen like summer topic because this is this is probably the else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know what it was before. Um, I'm trying. I was that was like immediately what I was trying to do is like go back in my mind to see what it was before because the last three years it seems like it's been college attendance and specifically college football attendance. Right. So. Pat Fitzgerald comes out today, and lo and behold, we've been arguing about this for three years, and the real issue has been phones, the, um, the which is why it's young people on their phones is what he says. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just just so frustrated with this. Because, like, when we get into this conversation, people, like – you can really have like a serious discussion and, and talk about like why these things are happening to me. I think it's just because people have better shit to do and, and that nobody wants to go watch an Indiana Northwestern game when it's 18 degrees outside in January or November rather like, like, sorry, but they all, the part that's always missed is like people are broke. Yeah. Like, 
People don't have money. I mean, I looked up the tickets for uh, Northwestern's opener against Stanford, and they're like reasonable. You can get in the get in the the stadium for like twenty eight dollars. But let's be clear: like people from people from Chicago aren't like going to go up to Evanston on like a Saturday, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, spend all day Saturday doing that. <laughs> Their problem is like there's probably a lot more like levels to it than than some other college towns. But right. even as it relates to Louisville, like if I didn't have like an in to know that I, I had a reasonably cheap or probably even free ticket to go to Louisville Notre Dame, I'm not sure that I'm gonna be exactly thrilled about spending eighty dollars yeah. to see my team get smacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you're right. And even like not to you know not to be uh, what about the families but what about the families like the, yeah. you know four you you got to pay for four tickets you got to pay for four hot dogs you got to pay for four sodas uh, for a few beers for yourself and you and your your partner and uh, it's it's not it, it racks up really quick you get to a hundred dollars really quick spending money on food and drink like very quick just, at a college sports at a at any sporting event. <laughs> I mean, I think it always bothers like me and you and, you know, other people in our age group when there's a problem and there's this problem pointed out with no way to, you know, possible solution on how to fix it, but to blame you. It's all millennials. (laughs) It's all millennials fault. And somehow the fact that millennials are on their phones is, is the reason for society's collapse and and thus college football's collapse. Like it's just, (laughs) it's always ridiculous. It's nothing about me. Northwestern football living if I'm 20 years 20 years old and I'm living in Chicago and I'm going to Northwestern or if I'm going to DePaul or wherever I'm going to college I I, I don't know that I'm going to be gun ho on, on spending my Saturday afternoon at a Northwestern football game so. absolutely and and it's like the other thing is is, is Keith Wynn you know of Card Chronicle had that had, had a good like a kind of tweet storm or, or a little thread about it and he he just he put it out it's like does anybody who complains is anybody who's complaining about quote unquote like fans like really understand like the the day you know the 9 a.m to 9 p.m process of going to a football obligation does anybody understand like the quote unquote fan experience and as someone i don't remember who you know there's not just one fan experience you know you and i have a fan experience being younger people an older person has a fan experience somebody who's a big booster has a different fan experience and the average person who's sitting in the flight deck of of you know the the oven or cardinal stadium is not you know they have their own fan experience and people are just so willing to 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 believe that the entire quote-unquote fan experience uh is better than it actually is when there's like a hundred different levels of it and everyone and that was like that's like the rich thing in in this particular rant because he almost as you said kind of pointed to social media as like the downfall of society Or the fact that you're going to a college football game where a guy who's like 40 years ago, 40 years old in front of you is just crushing beers <laughs> and yelling at every cuss word to, you know, 19 and 20 year old kids while they're frying their brains. Let's, yeah. let's, let, let's ignore all of that and, and talk about the bad things that are going on on Instagram. That, that right there is just, you know, uh, something I found pretty rich too. But or I don't know, mate. If you're a fan of college, just like it, the fact that you're a fan of college football, you, why would you leave? Why would why would you go and 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 miss the if you're going at noon and miss the three thirty you know C, you know SEC CBS game or if your yeah. game's at three thirty why would you miss the beginning of Saturday Night Football like why would you do that 
it's I think there's like some legitimate things that like if you want to have the discussion about what you can do I, I think can be improved you know cheaper concessions right. is a simple one to me I think as far as it relates to Louisville I mean tickets are kind of they should keep it I don't think they really have much of a choice that they, they, they kind of have to be but I think Louisville's done a reasonably good job at kind of trying to implore people to get in their seats as good as they can but I mean as you said at the end of the day there's always going to be a section of people that are going to want to you know see three or four college football games especially with right. with gambling to different states across you know seemingly a new one every day that that even is going to grow more yeah. so I'm not sure that you do fix it I, I don't know that you keep expanding stadiums either but um that hasn't really actually, stopped anything around here but no absolutely and it's actually funny because I've always felt like one of the things that you know we're talking about phones and we've talked about this for like seven minutes but one more thing about it uh, you've talked about you know you're hearing Pat Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald talking about phones. And the one thing I think every stadium could do that would make fans want to actually be there is improve cellular and Wi-Fi coverage in the stadium. So fans can, can check on other things. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, if, if people are fans and care about other things, why wouldn't you make it more applicable for them to have those side experiences while also experiencing what you want, you want them to spend money on? I mean, you know, it's not going to happen in the SEC, though. They still no. want to try to try to get alcohol in, in games. So let, let, let's get that done first before we worry about why. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I did have go one ahead. more other question for you. While we were, we don't have to spend, I don't know, we didn't anticipate spending that long on on the Patch Fitzgerald thing, but we kind of did. So it it, is it what happens. It, is. it happens. But it was the anniversary of uh, the moon landing, I guess, yesterday. Yes, um, like yesterday morning. Like, for the longest time, I've put a lot of stock into the theory that the moon landing actually happened, but the pictures in the video weren't real. Okay. Um, I, I bought into that. I don't know how much I really buy into it, but it always seemed the one that kind of made the most sense to me out of all of them. Do you have a, a favorite conspiracy theory? Because I have one that beyond that, that comes to the top of my head, but I, I want to see if it's the same one as yours. Cause it um, might be. I, a kind of funny one that I've always kind of believed. Like, I think, I don't know. Stevie's not blind. Stevie Wonder is not blind. That was the exact same one. If it, I figured it might have been that one or, or the 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 NBA NBA lottery uh, picks. Oh, but I mean, that's just generally agreed upon that Patrick Ewing, uh, yeah, was was it was rigged that he was going to go to the Knicks. But yeah, Stevie yeah. Wonder. I, if you've never watched the video of Stevie Wonder, much, uh, like the Stevie isn't blind videos, it's bananas. It's he 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 catches a microphone that's falling down. That's that's the one that was like an SNL skit, right? something like crazy <laughs> like i wouldn't have caught the microphone and he goes in and just grabs it with his arms like what <laughs> like cat like reflex and you're like dude i don't i can't even do that with me you know my eyes open so and bomani jones is a, is a is a strong supporter of the stevie's not blind uh oh is he he is like the chief conspirator uh in that conspiracy theory so uh, i'll i'll defer all questions to him uh but i follow it i'm on board with it um that's kind of a low stakes one everyone owes it to themselves to to kill a saturday night once in a while just going down a conspiracy rabbit on youtube trust me oh yeah we're all for I've had some I've had some fun JFK uh, assassination you know late nights like okay let's watch some of these things um, but, I, but another one another one I like that's so it's not really a conspiracy theory but it actually is kind of relevant now uh, is that Paul George that they told Paul George he couldn't go to the Lakers so that's why he resigned with 
the Thunder because there had been so much tampering. And that's why he stayed with the Thunder. And they made such a big deal about it. And it was like, oh. Every time, like, <laughs> every, every time something comes out like that, I, I have to, like, put a mask on and kind of avoid digging too deep in it to get a very strong opinion on it because I, I get so mad still to this day about Chris Paul not being a Laker. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's like generally agreed upon that. That was <laughs> beyond me. Like that'll, that'll never, I don't think that'll ever wash away. So when it, when it comes to anything like that, that's a little bit like iffy like that. I purposely, I legitimately try to avoid reading too much about it because I, I, I know like, the story that you're talking about, but I haven't read much about it at all because I, I don't want those those bad feelings to pop up again because it's, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's it's pretty funny. The NBA is is like that. There's definitely a long series of conspiracy theories. One that someone told me once, and I actually didn't. Apparently, someone did a podcast about it. I don't remember who it was. That's local based. Is that the 2005 Louisville basketball team that made the Final Four point shaved in the Final Four? Have you ever heard that before? That's the ones I need. I I, I heard a lot of like that before, and I crazy stories about tackling Dean, but I haven't heard that exact that exact line. I think someone did a podcast about it once, and I queued it up, and I never got to listen to it. I think it was, I think it was Dan. Well, if you can find that podcast, we need to have that dude on. Yeah, we'll have. To, <laughs> I think it was Dan Coop who used to be with, uh, uh, who used to be with WLKY, and like when he left, he sort of did like a little podcast series on his in his free time yeah. before job between jobs, I think. And I, rec- if I recall, that was one of them. And I had heard it before. Someone had t- suggested it before. Because, I, I mean, uh, Louisville fans may remember, they, they just stunk it up against Illinois. Like, it was terrible. They, it was like yeah. a completely different team. And uh, I mean, I, I, I would hear stories about Taquan Dean in, in particularly about just, like, partying the night before, like, a, a conference game, like, <laughs> drinking, like, incessant amount and going out and, you know, scoring 20 points in the game. That was that was kind of the things that I were relating to because that was just such a fun, like, <laughs> interesting team that made, like, one, like, one of the most purest moments probably of, like, my young childhood of sports fandom, I guess, at that point I was 13, 14 years old. But that, that Final Four run with that team was – Awesome. So I need to, I need to hear more of this story. Yeah, it's uh, we'll have to look that up and come back to it. But that, that's one. Um, so yeah, I guess we should talk about more <laughs> local related stuff, Chris. Summer, man. We, we, we can spend thirty minutes on it, and you know, July twenty second. It is what it is. Yeah, it is. It is the the week. Uh, someone was trying to fight for the fact that this is the most boring week in sports because there's literally nothing going on, uh, just a bunch of baseball, and we're in the real dead period of NBA and NFL. Sort of camp is starting for some teams, but I'm not. Don't don't talk to me until it's the the first week of preseason and the first top ten fantasy pick is torn his ACL. I'm pretty sure my my <laughs> NFL freedom goes down every like year, uh, just a little bit every we'll year. There. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll have that conversation for sure. Yeah. But we, it has been you know it has been a, a pretty interesting week again in, in local politics, uh, especially with the Bashir Bevan race, this year's governor's race, finally starting to heat up. And we had a little a little scuffle where 
Uh, both Bashir and Bevin were at, I believe, the Kentucky Farm Bureau event of some sort, and they both were sitting on the same stage and asked questions. And um, this was just, I think it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Uh, so yeah. the events with President Trump, uh, his racist tweets, his racist uh, event uh, chant had already happened. And both uh, Andy Bashir and Matt Bevan were asked if the president's tweets were racist. Bevan said, hell no, that was stupid to ask me that. And uh, Andy Bashir kind of didn't say anything. He kind of like, oh, it's not right. It's wrong. It's uh, ugly. I think he was like, it's disgusting. I think he said something to that effect. But he refused to say that it was racist. And Matt Bevan jumped on that. You know, I, 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 Chris, I, I'm not speak for you, but I, I'm, I think it was a really, really good move by Matt Bevan, actually. Yeah, to, he jumped to, on it and he said that Andy Brashear was too scared to uh, say that the president was being racist. And uh, I, I agree with Matt Bevan. I think Andy Brashear is too scared to say the president's being racist because he didn't want to piss off the people who support the president. Obviously, the president has he is a, a plus approval rating in this state, unlike Matt Bevan, and he doesn't want to make the race about president trump and i can understand it to a degree but all the people in louisville who want to vote out matt bevan also hate donald trump too and you kind of need those people to vote and come out and be passionate about voting and he kind of screwed them over there so uh chris what was your general what was your first reaction to this whole hubbub it was a little bit of back and forth and like I, you said I, I matt i you know matt bevan immediately went on terry Miners and, and and kind of came to it and that's pretty smart on his part you know I mean, yeah, two things that you can say about Matt Bevan. He's a shit person, but he's a great politician. He's a great talker. Um, as a, as a it, person, it, I've been around him in person a few times, and he's a good talker. Like, it just, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, I, I kind of think, like, you knew this is what you get it. You were going to get when you voted for Andy Bashir. That's, like, uh, was a lot of, like, probably the tone of our – our voices after that podcast when he was, you know, won the primary of kind of resignation was due to that because this is a guy who's going to say what he needs to say to win an election. And part of that, at least in his view, is not to alienate the Donald Trump voter in the state of Kentucky. Um, And that is a tightrope that you have to walk particularly when it's i mean i thought for like the last like few like three or four months for whatever reason comparatively speaking to how it's been trump was relatively quiet for you know like his bar which is his bar is different for everyone else's so um but i i thought for a while that it it was kind of quiet and I, i figured when we get closer to some of these elections there would be some type of controversy and you know this is it yeah no it it is honestly i was kind of surprised that there wasn't a whole lot more about it honestly it's kind of almost died down a little bit since thursday when it all blew up but yeah like go ahead i mean like these are the these are the things where and i was talking to you about it before we we started recording that kind of like i i think like he can get away with explicitly like not acknowledging and kind of doing the dance um to a degree because there's so many people that are so against matt bevan but if you like counter it and look at like the senate race and doing this against mitch mcconnell i don't think you you can do that they're both extremely unpopular um the you know morning consult says mitch mcconnell is the most unpopular senator in the united states and that matt bevan is the most unpopular governor in the United States by a wide margin when it relates to him. But I I think what an exacta. (laughs) Yeah, truly. 
But I think the difference is with with one is well, one hasn't won five elections. Um, and, and you don't do that by mistake if you don't have a stranglehold on some of your constituents. Of course. Um, and, and I think I think the other has just made so many bad moves that there's a lot of people just pissed off at him. Yeah. I, I really don't know how to say it like differently. So you don't have to really rile up your party to vote for you. You just have to rile them up to vote like – uh, against Matt Bevan. I mean, uh, th- that's kind of the way I look at it. That's why I think he can get away with some of this stuff, but I'm not exactly thrilled to see it. No, absolutely. And I, I, th- I think we're in a situation where, man, it's like, the more I think about it, the more and more, I, 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 I feel like Bevan's going to pull it out again. Just the, just the way that Bashir is responding. It's exactly what you said. You know, th- th- this is a race where Matt Bevan is disliked for a lot of reasons. And I don't think it would have been a, it's listen, People, people who support Donald Trump, who um, are really upset with Matt Bevan, they know that, that, that there's people out there and that people with a D in front of their name most likely don't support the president. They get that already. That's, not, that, that's in their calculus. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's okay. And if you go back to the, if you go back to why Matt Bevan got elected, it's because the city of Louisville didn't turn out. The progressive liberal center of the state didn't turn out. So I I get the calculus here that Bashir doesn't want to piss off certain people, but he can't, I think he can afford to piss off some of the people who already hate Bevan and know that Democrats feel a certain way about Trump as opposed to the people who kind of feel indifferent about Kentucky politics as a, in general in in Louisville and, and he needs them to come out more than he needs to to convert the votes in western Kentucky I I think the indifference relates a much larger way to the Senate race than it does to Matt Bevin. I think the indifference on Matt Bevin is a lot less. So I, I think it's there's a lot more leeway for, for someone like Annie Bashir to kind of, I, I guess, talk out of both sides of his mouth if you right. really want to be blunt about it because it right. kind of is what he's doing. Um, because I, I, I think for whatever reason, you know, as it relates to, I guess, just the people in, in – and kind of my circle and, and my age group, there are a lot more people who are much more passionate about beating Matt Bevan than they are Mitch McConnell. There are a lot right. of people that don't like McConnell, but they're not as as involved in the actual race. And you know who's running. If you ask a lot of them who Amy McGrath is, they're probably not going to know. They know who Andy Bashir is, for better or worse. So I, I don't know. The, it's it's interesting the calculus, like you said, because you're you're basically saying I'm good. I need to win this section of Trump voters that don't like Matt Bevin, and that's that's a bold that's a bold bold calculation to to, to take. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it, but even like I'm seeing, I, you know, there, there's this this special session that's happening in Frankfurt. And I, I Chris, I, I, I couldn't explain to you exactly what's happening. Dude, and, I, I, I know that the, the, the pension bill went to yeah, the it's, house. It's, today, about the but pensions. it's about pensions, but you're not seeing the level of teacher activity in the summer that you were yeah. seeing during the school year. And that's, that's a huge red flag for me. Cause that makes me feel like these people are not politically engaged. And those are the, the, the leaders in, in a lot of the counties who are really, really have reasons to be angry with Matt Bethan. And if they're not politically engaged now, why would they be engaged in November? So I, I, I do, I do think Andy Bashir is in real trouble right now. If he can't, 
kind of redefine this race and make it about make it about education again make it about something man he's he's doing this whole thing he's doing this whole thing where it's like um um you know, I'm going to be an adult in the, and you know, I'm going to be an adult in, in the governor's chair. I just don't think that's going to work. I just don't think. No, that's I'm with you, with you here. I mean, I, I, I said, I think we both kind of echoed the same thoughts, you know, whatever it was two months ago that this election need to be about teachers, teachers, teachers. Yeah. We've yet to see that enter the race. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't think that's I, I do think, I do think it'll happen. Um, I, I don't know what gives me that, you know, that, that comfort of, of having that opinion. I just can't imagine, you know, not seeing some type of push, whether it's from some type of pack or, you know, it's some dip, democratic messaging in the state of Kentucky. I, you, I think you'd have to see something eventually here soon. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, I think once school gets started again and be middle of next month, we'll start to see things ramp up. I know uh, there's been some ad buys, but I'm sure once school starts, it's going to be nonstop between the two and uh, looking forward to watching all those crappy ads. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, of course, you know, we've mentioned a little bit about the Mitch McConnell race next year. There's been some updates since then we had uh, Matt Jones, uh, you know, do a whole lot of nothing and pander, up and down maybe uh he got kicked off his hey kentucky show that the uh, the lexington base show and he kind of got a little 24-hour news buzz out of that um but chris we we talk about this a lot in our our kind of text and dm it's like uh is this guy ever gonna announce if he's running or i want to know i want to know the traffic on kentucky sports radio in this this year just like i'm curious like how much Matt Jones has improved his brand. Let's make this, this, let's make this clear. You're suggesting circus. You're suggesting you know exactly what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that there's never been a real true motivation for him to run. And that he's that the, the spec it's worth much more to him to speculate and then not run than to yeah. run at all. I think that's a fair argument. I, for some reason, I, um, now I think it's more likely that he that he runs now more really? than than before. Really? Why so? Why that? I'm I mean, not actually surprised you. When I, it's like I'll I'll have these opinions and then I listen to him talk and then I hear him hedge almost everything he says and then I kind of like those those opinions are removed. But I I think like him just being pulled from Hay Kentucky almost is just something to like push him to want to do it more. I don't really know why I feel that way. Maybe it's just like some weird thing in my gut that makes me say, you know, they, they put him away. So he kind of wants to show them, but he, he always constantly brings up this, this motivation of like the democratic party didn't choose me. The democratic party didn't choose me. The democratic party didn't choose me. And it feels like he's trying to plant the seeds of, of maybe like, you know, I, I'm the, 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 the one for the people, the, the outsider yeah that, that type of like yeah you know donald trump <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways um but i don't know man his words don't necessarily back it up like they, they didn't back it up when he was with terry Miners. like he kind of ran from most of the questions that were directly related to you know when he's going to make a decision and a lot of things were followed by if what then you know so i don't know i mean it, no i i think you have a good point with the hey kentucky thing i think that 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 event has pushed him as close to the line as possible as he's ever been. You know, he almost ran what he almost ran against Rand or who, who where do he almost run? He almost ran. Rand Paul, 
No, he almost ran against Comer in the in in the Lexington district, right? He was really close to doing that, I believe, before Amy McGrath got into that one, if I recall correctly. I'm, I might be wrong, but I think I, I think it's an interesting situation, and I think where where he might be coming from in this point, you know, I don't I I, I don't know him, I don't talk to him that often, but I think he's at the point where he knows if he doesn't do this now. He can't. There's going to be a. a there's got to be a long period of time before he even thinks about doing it again. Like he can't get this close and say, "I'm considering running. I'm strongly considering running. I'm really, really, really considering running," and then say no. And then four years from now, two years from now, six years from now, get back into this game again. I think and then it's what's the trade off if he if he runs and you know loses and is embarrassed? I don't think it really hurts him that, my, that much. The people are still going to love him. That's my second point here: is that I think if he ran and lost, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And yeah, maybe he misses this Kentucky basketball season, and and that's fine. But he'll he'll be back by next summer to doing his job worst comes to worst. And, and I, I, I do sincerely believe that he has a really good chance. I think at this point he's got a better chance Amy McGrath winning against Mitch McConnell. I sincerely think that at this point, um, but yeah, no, I don't think I, he thought that either. I, I, I mean, he he says it as much. He he's like, I didn't expect a- Amy McGrath to fumble like this. Yeah. And when he says it, I truly believe him because I don't think anybody did. I think that's what's. I I don't think the Democratic Party in Kentucky expected this. So yeah, and it seems like it seems like there's been a few other motions uh, by different groups. It's there's apparently some progressives that are trying to get Charlie Booker or Charles Booker from, uh, from Louisville to run who represents some of the West end. He's my district and a little bit of downtown. And then apparently I was just, I saw Philip Bailey tweet out that he he's gotten some whispers that um, I'm losing it right now. The, the, the guy who ran from, from Eastern Kentucky for governor, Minority oh, Rocky. Rocky Atkins. Rocky Atkins. That some people from the from Eastern Kentucky have put forth some money suggesting he should run, even though he and has see, I think that would I think that would be great just for the state of Kentucky because whether you think those guys can beat Mitch McConnell or not, it would be satisfying because you you feel that you had all these parts of Kentucky at least recognized. I agree. You've had I agree. You've, you've had the centrists and and either if it's Rocky Atkins or Matt Jones for that matter, really, and then you you've had you know. Charles Booker, who I absolutely love. I love the things he says. Um, yeah. I, I think that the people of the West End of Louisville and a lot of other people will get behind him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that would be a cool thing to see. I think that was the rewarding thing. And, you know, the governor's primary that, is that you got Andy Bashir, the establishment guy, and you had Adam Edlin, um, who was a progressive, a true progressive. And then you had Rocky Atkins, who was, you know, Rocky Atkins. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it would be really interesting, but it seems like – I know Matt Jones. He's got to make. I, I, he's got to make a decision in the next month or so. I think if he's running, if he if he wants to stand yeah. a real chance, it seems like these guys all have to have to probably decide at the latest by October. And I don't think Matt Jones wants to go into this football season thinking that he's going to do it, you know, um, or not. So I, I'm sure we'll hear from him in the next month or so before uh you know kentucky football gets started so that will be interesting but no mike earlier is it is it terry matters who gets that interview i think he does it now he does it on his own yeah I think he does just on it. just a tweet yeah on ksr no i think he's like i finally made my decision ksr here we yep. go um but yeah this mike bro guy who's 
kind of jumped in that uh he has, he has absolutely no chance but i just yeah, put no. him down here because i you know i read his interview in the courier journal and i just love funny. the things he's and i'm just like i wish that that amy mcgrath could have this type of background of like you know they're both obviously a, a marines um they're both yeah. former marines obviously and then this guy's like a, a former journalist in like a small town newspaper which is really cool and then he just comes out and like he's so he doesn't have to think about you know kavanaugh whether he should have been um appointed obviously yeah. obviously you know, he says for him he doesn't have to think about legalizing miracle mar- medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana he says they both should be legal um <laughs> he has so, I mean, you're going to say those things, obviously, when you're kind of a candidate that just, you know, has to say those things to even get some type of recommendation. But I just thought it was kind of, you know, refreshing. No, I, I completely agree. Any, uh, so I think that's about it for politics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's move uh, sports. We yeah, yeah, we can talk some uh, if you want. Yes, it has been uh, our favorite non-story story of the of the summer is ACC Media Day. Um, I don't think it was a whole lot of anything <laughs> spectacular, Chris. I don't know if you got anything from it. Uh, I think the biggest story I don't think was Scott, Scott's out of too much when he speaks. So <laughs> he's, he talked a lot about culture, which we already yeah. heard a lot about. I think probably the most interesting thing that got a little bit of buzz was uh, Satterfield saying he was surprised by the kind of the lack of talent on the roster i think is kind of what, what kind of came off and um that kind of rubbed some people the wrong way but i don't know what they expected when this team was two of ten last year um <laughs> we're kind of cut yeah, I mean, he's just like he's setting the groundwork for it to be as bad as like possible yeah everything he's is pretty much you know it's you can believe in it. he's setting expectations if it's if this team wins three games it's okay if this team wins five or six and it's a huge deal for him it's um, gonna be weird for me because i think both local teams really no matter what they do even if kentucky goes like you know has like a six win season i i think that you're not gonna really see much backlash from fan bases regardless yeah their like, schedule because, is much harder this year so they, that, that is a, a possibility of, the, of them winning six games so yeah so i mean like I don't know. It's it's going to be tough for us to find ways to talk about, like talk about football because I, I think the biggest thing for me that I want to see is growth just from Puma Pass in some respect because right. the, the kind of how I look at that is every time that Scott Satterfield has been in front of the camera, he's spoken about how Puma Pass is going to be the guy. He mentioned Malik Cunningham oh, once. No, well, I mean, did you were you not surprised? I was a little surprised that the depth chart came out and it was. Puma pass or Malik Cunningham for the quarterback. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think that's just like a, I, I kind of think that's just like a, a, a thing for like Satterfield to say, you know, they're all fighting for positions. I think Puma yeah. pass is a quarterback yeah. um, because I, I think that, that's like everything he said has basically said that he mentioned Malik Cunningham once and it was basically along the lines. He's exciting. We got to find him, find a way to get him on the field. Right. Probably not a quarterback. So I, I think like if Puma Pass is like really bad it, to kind of the same, same levels that he ended last season, then you're going to have to go to Malik Cunningham at some point during the year. And yeah. at that point, I think Puma Pass is probably going to be looking to transfer. <laughs> so, no, I mean, truthfully, like no, – you're right. Because – and then if you do that, you're almost setting – you've set the – set 
kind of the rebuild back another year because you're going to be going into the the 2020 season with either, you know, starting Chubba Purdy or starting Malik Cunningham. But you're not going to have like a seamless transition there. You need some type of just steady, reasonable quarterback play that can keep you in in games and, you know, just just stay on the field enough to to kind of get this thing rolling. And that's just going to be the biggest thing for for me to judge – where where kind of this football program is at because it's obviously not going to be on the scoreboard <laughs> no and i you know i don't know I, I i do i do think the running game is a little more is i'm expecting more from the running game than i am the passing game in general for this year i i, I think that's that's been a, a place of pride for app state and uh, they brought in Dwayne ledford from from nc state and to to, to coach this o-line it seems like they hopefully will be better that seemed like one of those discipline things where if quote unquote Satterfield can install his culture, that one of the first places we should be able to see that is on the line is, is people right. not, not doing dumb penalties, uh, you know, being disciplined on the line, having more organization and, and getting five yards on first down every now and again. <laughs> I mean, check box one. Do we go through a quarter without having two offsides? Yeah. I, uh, yes. I mean, after that, you, yeah, and then we're off to a good start. But I guess that's the conversation that we're going to have throughout this year is the way that we're going to be judging, you know, if this team is improving. Because I don't think we're really going to, like – that's the frustrating point. I don't know that we're really going to know much because you're not going to get me off of – I mean, you're going to be able to see it on the field, obviously. You're, but you're not going to be able to get me off of saying this team should be Western and Eastern, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. There are two wins on the team. And then anything after that is is good. So – I don't know. No, but like, you, you know, it's going to be frustrating evaluating. Yeah, it's really hard. And, and I've thought a little bit about us and what we should be doing and in, in, in talking about this football team because I don't want to sit there and have one of those episodes where we say, is this a win? Is this a loss? Because yeah. I just don't, I don't have any idea of, of some initial starting point of where we've gone to. I, I feel like last season was so bad. I don't know where the starting point is here. I don't, you know, I think conceivably it could be five wins. That could be a, a, a starting point. But And that was like, that was the thing with, with Cragthorpe is it, it always felt like that was going to be a complete like rebuild from the ground up. Right. And you knew that Louisville was at rock bottom. And I don't know if that's like, I mean, they won two games last season. So you could damn sure say they were there. But I guess because, you know, two years ago, or two and a half years ago, there was Lamar Jackson on the field and, and Louisville was playing in Clemson and they were in the college football playoff discussion that you kind of just don't want to say it you is don't a complete say it again. Yeah, you don't want to say it is a complete rebuild. But I think even from the sense of a well-organized football team will have more fight and, and be in games. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Louisville has kind of a tough schedule this year, apparently. They play... Um, you know, the, the ACC poll came out, um, the, the preseason poll, and UVA, who Louisville will play from the Coastal Division, is is predicted to be the winner there. And they also play Georgia Tech, who's up up near the top of that divi- of the Coastal as well. Miami's second, and they also play them. So Yeah, they, yeah, they, they play Miami, and they'll play, you know, they, Wake Forest is good again this season. You know, I, you're, you're looking at, okay, can they beat a Boston College? Can, you know, NC State is, is decent. Right, that's going to be a tough game to win. Florida State, maybe they're terrible again. And yeah. they get in on that. So 
it's hard to find the wins and you and then you point to Kentucky. I was like, well, if Kentucky six and is, is, you know, is four and, and six and they can go in there and maybe do something to four and seven and, and maybe they do something, but it's, it's so hard for me to, to think about expectations. And I, I do, I see it's on the people talking about, Oh, well maybe they can sneak into a bowl game. I just don't know. I, 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 I don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility. I think there are some people who say that's crazy, but I, it's so hard to talk about. We're in such a weird position because of how poorly last season went. It just was so sinisterly poor. I don't know where they're going to go from here. Here's the thing with like the bowl game, like picks <laughs> that I don't really get. You're going to say, you know, Scott Satterfield seems like every day still to this point, there's a new thing that comes out that Bobby Petrino did so bad. He couldn't believe. And then you yeah. get on, and you rave about it, you rave about it, and you talk about all those things that happen. But then you're going to say they go to a bowl game. So then if they don't go to a bowl game, are you going to crush Scott Satterfield? Like, obviously no. not. You're not You're not going to do that. So, so picking them to go to a bowl game is not really fair to him because he's not setting that expectation with his own words. He's not saying that. I mean, Vince Tyra had that one comment about we're going to be bow hunting, and I think he kind of <laughs> walked that back. Pretty quickly after Scott Satterfield was like, "Yo, we you suck. Might, you might want to chill out a little bit." So yeah, man. Um, I think like the whole point I was trying to make with Puma is that if he isn't better this year and you just can't have him on the football field, then he goes to the bench. At that point, two coaches have benched him. I think his confidence is shot, and he's probably trying to go to a different school. Yeah. And then if you have to do, you have to do that, you're going to be either throwing Malik Cunningham to start next year or you're going to be throwing a freshman into the fire and saying, I hope this works. And if it doesn't work, you're kind of still at ground zero. <laughs> and that's the part that really concerns me. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's. I think you're exactly right. I think I think you're right. But I think if Puma Pass is is bad, honestly, I'm gonna be even more concerned about just the team. I think this yeah. is like okay, this is a three year rebuild. This is not a one and a half two year rebuild. This is yeah. <laughs> this one's gonna take a while. It's gonna take three because I, three good. I months. think a lot of people like if you ask them right now, is Louisville going to be in a bowl game next year? I think they would say yes. Yeah, I think people have expectation of them you know doing whatever they do this season and be in the mix for a bowl game next year because that's what that's a good a rebuild is right it's one year one you set a foundation year two you improve on that and six wins is possible and then you go from there so I, I don't know we're gonna have plenty more to talk about on this front like i said chris i don't i don't even know if we can i can do one of those <laughs> will louisville beat Boston College, yes or no? Is that a win? You know, it's because I just I want to see two games first. I want to see them play two games. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Either. <laughs> you want to yeah, mention uh, Greer's piece from today because I thought it was pretty pretty inter- interesting. Yeah, I think it was honestly kind of a kind of a little interesting like basketball weekend, like for Louisville basketball, weirdly, there was all that stuff on social media. Uh, there was a practice video and then they went to, um, they went to the, to, to the, 
what was a paintball park, which was kind of cool. And yeah. then this, this story comes out from Greer today, which I think is, is really interesting and got me really, honestly, I, let's just skip football season. <laughs> let's go straight to basketball season. Um, Jeff Greer had his little, his, his, his new news and notes type thing. He's calling three and G uh, what's on my mind before Louisville's highly anticipated campaign. He talks about Darius Perry's very important summer. And he made it seem like in the camp, things are really going well for Darius and, and he's working really hard. And is he going to be the guy at the end of last season that we saw that average 9.5 points in the past, in the last few games uh, of the season uh, and only turned the ball over once, or is he going to be uh, the guy that we saw that was, uh, you know, just struggling both off and a little bit on both on and a little bit off the court. Um, so Greer sort of suggests, I honestly, the, the interesting thing for, for, I, I think you you as well, Chris and myself is that Mac is being a little flexible with Samuel Williamson and, and allowing him to play some aspects of the two guard position in his offense, which would indicate that we potentially could have uh, Darius Perry at the one Sam Williamson at the two, um, Dwayne Sutton at the three, War at the what? four, and Enoch at the five, or, or Malik Williams, whoever you want at the five. Which, I mean, having Williamson, War, and Sutton, as Greer says, it, it, that would be Louisville's best lineup, I think. Yeah. I feel like that has to. I mean, that has to happen. Like the, the the two, three, four spot, you need them on the floor for extended periods at times throughout the season. Honestly, like be, because was, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what happened last year was that teams found a way to respond to Wara, and there was not really a second, really, adjustment. Maybe you have, like, a, a game from McMahon. Um, maybe you have, you know, Stephen Enoch post up and be successful for a little bit of the game. But truthfully, like, teams teams found a way to kind of shut down Wara. I mean, there really wasn't more offensive threats on the floor. And that's that's kind of what it was. You know, the defense, I, I think, last year kind of maximized its potential. But I, I think the offense maybe might have had a little bit of wiggle room. But really, like, it, that wasn't – that was kind of what happened. There wasn't enough offensive threats on the floor, and that's what we saw. With this lineup, though, you legitimately – you probably have your three best offensive players on the floor at once. And I, I, I think you have to have that. You can – you can make a case for someone over Sutton, but I think I, I don't think there's anybody that can create his shot better. If you want to say maybe Stephen Enoch's a better offensive threat than him, maybe, but we haven't really seen that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's the most exciting part about it is, one, we, we really didn't know if we would see this because it seems like every time he's really gotten and, and spoken about it, Chris Mack has made sure that he wanted people to know that he's committed to – position basketball and not positionless basketball he prefers people to actually you know kind of have a position right and then the other part we heard Samuel Williamson during kind of the offseason talk about how he was expecting to be to be the three and and that's what he had been watching and, and that's what Mac told him he was going to play so it for me it's exciting to see because there needs to be flexibility with this team I think no I absolutely agree I, I, I flexibility is really important and and you know, you mentioned Dwayne Sutton a little bit. I, I think Dwayne Sutton really got bogged down when he felt like he had to be an offensive generator. Yeah. And I think a Williamson, I think allowing Williamson to be on the floor at the same time as Wara, who who is is a mid range specialist, can create his shot on the perimeter, can also slash a long guy, can can get to the rim pretty well. Um, 
I, I think that would really help Dwayne Sutton to kind of work on the little things, keep focused on the little things that he does that makes Louisville go really well. You know, play great transition defense, um, make great passes, and, and do some of those little glue guy things that when Louisville was playing at, at their best, that's what he was doing. It wasn't that he was dropping 30 points. is that he had four, five, six assists. It's that he was able to cause turnovers It was uh, and, 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 and create some transition plays. Uh, so I, I completely agree. I, I think – I think of Williamson's playing extended minutes with Warren and Sutton. It's a really good thing for Louisville. And I think Perry, you know, Fresh Kimball is going to do a lot for this team. He's going to be a big leader for this team. Um, obviously, I haven't seen him play extensively with this roster. But I, I think if Darius Perry is trusted enough and can perform enough to play extended minutes at the one position, that's also great for Louisville. Because I think yeah. he, adds, he adds that level of, of athleticism that they were sorely missing last season. I mean, I think if you look at almost – any team that goes to a final four, they pretty much improved dramatically throughout the season. Like we kind of saw this with Duke, like they were clearly from, you know, open tip. They were the best team in college basketball yeah. last year, yeah. but I don't think they really improved much throughout the season. I, right. I think they, they kind of made a little bit of a jump, but after that, they just kind of flatlined. So I think the hope is that fresh Kimball can, can lead this team for, you know, 40, 30% of the year. And then once we get kind of in the middle of conference play, Darius Perry can kind of take those reins from him because he's been trusted enough. And if that happens, that's, that's exactly what you want. That's the recipe right there in my mind. I, I don't know that. And I've said it pretty much repeatedly, and I, I hope I'm not selling him short. Maybe I am, and maybe there's an there's another way it can happen. But I really don't think this team meets their potential with Fresh Kimball starting and getting the bulk of the minutes at the point guard position. I just don't. Um, I, I don't see it. I, I think this team makes makes their potential with with Darius Perry being yeah. there. No, I, I or yeah, yeah, and and or you know, there's been some rumbles. I mean, or even. What if what if uh, what if David Johnson gets a minutes? Uh, you know yeah. what it, that that that's another potential. I think you know he apparently is already one of the better passers in the team. Just coming immediately coming on the team, so it'll be. I mean, I think it'll take him a little bit longer to um, to sort of get you know uh, you know get get into the lineup extensively and really work out. But yeah, so we'll, we'll see. It's if, uh, seeing everything this weekend's been it's been fun. The funny thing about the Perry comments from from Greer in particular is I we we saw it from Dimling like early in the week but I kind of yeah. got to put on a little bit of a shield just to just to know if he's just saying that if that's <laughs> what mobile fans want to hear so hearing it from from someone else is a little bit more reassuring to be quite honest with you um, yeah. yeah it's 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 fun I mean it seems at least at this point that Perry is the favorite to start at the two is is what he's saying so man that's we're well, just to see you're kind of seeing like like that buy-in, at least. I mean, it's if multiple people are saying that he's kind of like more than one of the improved players, at least, like there's no question about he's all in, right? Um, because you know, let's not forget, like two months ago, we had serious discussions about the guy transferring. Um, yeah, no question. So, I mean, it's um, we have it down here, but we can table it from another time. I want to talk at some point about the importance for you know this basketball season. Um, and then, you know, how as it relates to Chris Mack, too. But I, I think for this season that Louisville really needs to 
get out of like just just the second weekend and kind of make that leap, particularly with things like the the notice of allegations kind of like still hanging yeah. over their head. Because yeah. If if you don't kind of like I think you can like waver that storm regardless of what happens on the recruiting trail if you're continuing to win and you're continuing being successful. But it's kind of like when you struggle and that also happens, that can really like significantly damage your program. So I do want to talk about that at some time, but we've went a little, went a little bit longer than we anticipated here. So we <laughs> no, and, like. not, to, not to go extensively. I mean, this was a big recruiting weekend this past weekend and uh, I'm not recruiting guy, but my recruiting guys tell me that they're in on really good players and there's already been a few cuts. Louisville's made some cuts for some guys and it's not going to be the class that, announces all at once sort of as we had last year but it does seem like a lot of people are going to show up a lot of highly touted recruits will be at louisville live um which i'm excited to see part of what they do i mean they're going after more league guys than they've ever went after before and i mean that should just excite you just because you know like you're you're getting the 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 taste of the other side. Like we we never really had that with with Rick. You always knew what it was going to be. He may jump up and get you know a, a a top fifty, maybe a top forty guy, but it wasn't right. going to be kind of the waters he was going to be swimming in. That seems to be where Mac wants to go. I don't think yeah. he's going to be like in the top twenty guys, but I, I think in that that twenty five to forty range. Yeah, the twenty five. Yeah, I think I think he's really working around in that area, and and you know some of those guys pop off and they become they become huge deals. I mean that's what we saw with Williamson, is he yeah. you know he after he committed he became a hot commodity and, and stuck with Louisville and and um, you know it's it take I think it would take a lot for him to be a one and done, but it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility for him. So I've said it repeat. So I'll continue saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will be back. We will soon. be back. We will talk plenty about this. Uh, we will. There will be plenty more sports things. Hopefully, next time we talk to talk about not just uh, not just media days. Uh, but Chris, I appreciate yeah. it as always. Well, Want to thank everyone for listening in. We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening, guys.